Hello, and welcome to the Sunshine Sound Podcast with your host, Christine Mathias. Still, when you're, it's still a responsibility to make sure when you are creating something that you're creating something that's true to the song what the artist wants. And sometimes it's a little frustrating because you don't know if you're coming up with something good or or they like or they're so complimentary they're like no that sounded good and in your mind you're critiquing yourself because you want it to be perfect. Hello and welcome to episode number 15 of the Sunshine Sound podcast. So in this one I interviewed my friends and very talented musician Paige Miller. Like a lot of the other guests I've had on, I met Paige at the San Diego Rock Camp for Girls. And she somewhat recently moved here from Virginia, so we had the chance to talk about her move here and what that transition was like. Uh, we also talk about how she got into drums at a very young age, playing in school bands through high school, her experience playing drums in theater, and then having the opportunity to perform in more like rock and live bands. So she currently performs with uh, Becca J Band here in San Diego, but she also sits in on a lot of other really cool projects, and she seems like she's always open to playing and trying out new styles. So we'll have a chance to listen to a song by the very talented Dixie Maxwell that Paige performed on. So a lot of great stuff here, and I hope you enjoy. All right, so today in the studio, I have Paige Miller. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. How are you doing, apart from the sunburn? The sunburn, yeah. <laughs> I'm still getting used to living in San Diego. Um, but yeah. no, I'm doing great. I'm having a good day, so good excited. Deal. And how long? You're fairly new to San Diego now, right? Yeah, I just moved here officially right before Christmas, December 15th, actually, was the day oh, wow. I drove yeah. into the city. So it's been, it's already been like six, six months, months though, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's weird how time moves in San Diego too. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed this cause it's like kind of groundhog day every day with the weather and there's no winter. Yeah. Which was fantastic. <laughs> I'm not complaining about not getting snowed in. So. <laughs> and so what, what was it that, um, that ins- really inspired you to come to San Diego? Um, honestly just taking a risk, um, uh, just coming out here a few times beforehand playing music and stuff, it just made me kind of really jump on the idea that I should try to live somewhere else. I should try to move across the country and just see what happens and take some chances. And I knew enough people out here because I was coming out here for some music-related things that I was like, you know what? It's a good city. It's I have some friends, so I'm not going to be completely by myself. <laughs> and uh, I just figured, why not give it a shot? Yeah. So far, so good. Awesome. And you moved here from Virginia? Virginia. Is that right? Yeah. Is that where you grew up? That's where you? I grew up, yeah, just outside of Richmond. So nice, nice and country. Mm-hmm. And so is that is that where you started playing drums then? Yeah. Um, I started playing when I was four or five. Bless my parents. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They caved and got me a drum kit. So just been playing nonstop since, but they made me learn piano and stuff first, so I would learn theory and how to read music and other instruments and such. Cool. So when did you start playing piano? Around the same age? About the same age. It was probably about a year before, because they tried to be smart and make a deal with me, thinking that like a deal with a (laughs) four-year-old wouldn't pan out. (laughs) They're like, I'll do this for a year, and we won't buy, and if you do it, we'll buy you a drum kit, Mm -hmm. and I'd you know, sure enough, just went straight up to him and was like, hey, where's my drum kit? <laughs> That's so. cool. I don't often hear that from drummers, like, being interested in drums from that age. Yeah. Did you come from a, a musical family? Absolutely not. Hmm. Um, as far as I know, like, extended family included, I think I'm the only one that knows how to play an instrument, like, or at least besides just picking one up and filling with one. I'm definitely the only one in my family that reads music. Or, my sister took piano lessons, but that was it. Wow, yeah. So what, do you remember what inspired you to to take up drums at that age? I have no idea. (laughs) I want to say, this is kind of funny, like people always go, oh, Zach Hansen, because when I was growing up, like really getting big into it, Zach Hansen was big and everybody was in love with Zach, but it was definitely before that. But I do remember dancing in the aisles at a Beach Boys concert with my dad when I was like five, so maybe Mm. maybe that had something to do with it. So that's so yeah. I'm trying to picture like little five year old Paige on the drums. That's that's awesome. Chaotic. <laughs> did you uh, did you like take lessons from mm-hmm. the beginning? Uh, actually, so we bought my first kit. My elementary school art teacher lived on the same street as me, and her son was in a rock and roll band, and he had all his stuff in his garage. And we went down there, and he actually sold me one of his kits and gave me a couple lessons and 
recommended a, a good teacher in town, and so it just kind of started off by people helping out and moving on from there. Yeah. Do you remember what kit you had? Oh my gosh, it was bright red. I want to say it was like some random ass brand. Sorry if I'm cursing. No, it's a, oh, okay. it's a podcast. Yeah, it's the I was like, <laughs> I'm a drummer. I'm Irish. We curse <laughs> like, but uh, no, nah, it was like some random ass, no, no special brand. I think it was like Johnson or something mm-hmm. like that. But uh, and you know he he had it all taped up because it was his, one of his older kids, and he's like, you know, I'm gonna let this kid go to town on this thing. So it was definitely it had been through the woodwork, mm-hmm. but it was nice. cool. And then so from that from that age, were you really just focused on drums from there on out? Did you continue to play piano or anything? I kept with piano for a while. Um, and then in school, they uh, like elementary school and stuff, they just had us doing like little pieces of marimbas and stuff like that. And once I got into middle school, it was all percussion. But it was nice because the piano translated to xylophones, marimbas, things like that, and being able to read music and play the timpani or whatever was needed. So... Is it was like helpful. in the, the school band? Yeah. 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 So I did all the bands all nice. through high school. Marching band, jazz band, all Me of them. Me too. Another all band geek. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Drum line was fun though. Like, sure. Yeah. It was, it was hard work. Like how big was, did you go to a big school? Uh, I think we were, I think we were tr- classified as like AAA or, qu- well, at, we had VBODA. I don't know if you guys had something like that out that here. Uh, it was uh, like a. I guess it stood for, like, Virginia bands or whatever, but that was the big competition every oh, year. Oh, you did confuse. Yeah. my next question. Yeah. yeah, so it was, like, I think we had about 150 to 200 students in the band every year. Oh, wow. So it was pretty so that's big. That's good size. Yeah. yeah, and we did pretty good. We won Best Drumline a lot. Nice. And there, it, it was hard, though, because I actually broke my foot marching. Really? <laughs> How did that happen? Uh, a symbol, uh, one of the marching symbols, the strap, the handle, Actually, it's just tied leather, and right before a competition, it broke. Like I was holding it, or some, someone next to me was holding it. I don't remember who, but the strap just broke, and it just went, the symbol just, like, sliced my foot. Oh, my God. And they're like, are you going to march? I'm like, well, if I take my shoe off and look at this, it's going to swell up. I'm just going to march. Yeah. And it, we just, it was terrible. I, I broke the bone, like, right across the top of my foot. It was fun. Oh, man. One you of many bandages. You think about... All that can happen in marching bands. Marching bands are full contact sport people. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so what um, What were you doing like in marching band? Like I don't know how, I don't remember how it works with right. percussion. Like are you assigned to one like just snare drum or whatever? A lot. So with our band, it was, it was based off of auditions and you know, the person who scored the best on the audition picked what drum they wanted or if they wanted to be in the pit to play more per- percussion, percussion. Um, and so the first year... I was in the pit because, um, you know, I actually knew how to play mallets and stuff, and they want, it was a pretty intense mallet-heavy uh, show that year, so they wanted people in that could play that. And then um, after that, I did bass drum and then tenors, so I had five, I had quince. Oh, yeah, So it yeah. was, which I, the tubas will argue with you, but to me, that was the heaviest thing in the band. <laughs> so I got to carry that thing around in July, Virginia summers. So oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> And then, so were you, uh, like, playing at any kind of, like, rock bands or anything while you were in school? Not really. Um, I didn't really have a lot of friends. <laughs> I was that bullied kid. Uh, so I had just, like, a couple of my little band friends, and I just played for myself at home. Um, there were a couple friends that occasionally we'd come over and jam, but it was nothing crazy. But I did play for the theater So for, at the school. So when they put on shows like Cinderella and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I got to play for all that. So that was that was kind of what sort of snagged my attention towards theater. Sure. Yeah. Do you still do theater stuff now? I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> San Diego theater community is hard to break into. Is it really? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, everybody's super nice, but I feel like I feel like once you're in, you're in. Sure. But getting in is kind of tricky. So I'm, I'm poking at the barriers a little bit and yeah. seeing what happens. Because I played for a lot of shows through college and um, for local theater and things, and I love it. Mm. I do. Is that like uh, like playing a full kit usually? Sometimes, yeah. Okay. Um, most of the shows I did, I was playing kit. There was one or two that uh, incorporated percussion because they, they only wanted to pay for one percussionist. Mm-hmm. So actually for one, uh, oh God, what show was it? The 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. <laughs> it's actually a fun show. That's a, sh- that's a show? It's a show. It's a Broadway show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know I had like a drum kit... 
arcing in front of me, and then behind me I had a bunch of percussion, so I spent the whole show basically spinning in a circle, um, doing whatever, like doing a drum fill here and some playing some bongos over there, and like, so that was fun. That was tiring. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of exciting, though. That was, it was interesting. A few weeks back I was talking to someone who, who does some theater stuff mm-hmm. on keyboards and yeah, I mean, he was just talking about how it's like you're working for for months on this play or whatever, mm-hmm. and then it's you have a couple shows and it's it's done and then it's gone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> what a strange experience. Yeah, and it's crazy, and it's one of those things where everything in those scores is written for a purpose. So if you have a night where like you miss something, you start getting all paranoid, like crap, I missed that cue, and everybody's gonna know I missed that cue. But no, the audience doesn't know unless sure. they're like they've memorized the show or something. But it's so much fun, but if I never have to hear Cinderella soundtrack again, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's the one. I'm like, that one can be done. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and so uh, you continue to play through college and mm-hmm. stuff. And so at that time, like, what what kind of stuff were you playing in college? Honestly, in college, it was literally just theater related things. Um, I went to a small liberal arts um, university uh, just north of, well all associated to Washington, D.C., about an hour and a half south of Washington, D.C., um, University of Mary Washington. And I studied history there, actually, so I didn't really take a lot of music classes while I was there. Uh, I took a couple, like, music history or uh, study-by-yourself percussion class or whatever. Um, but it was all just theater-related. Um, so really, after college, I actually didn't even touch my drum kit for almost two years. Mm. I just was working. I worked. Yeah, it was probably about two years oh, until yeah. I touched the kit again. It was crazy. <laughs> and the way, what inspired you to, to go back to the kit? A guy that works with my dad uh, played in a band, and their drummer was having foot surgery. So he was, he was like, hey, Scott. And Scott's my dad. He's like, he's like, doesn't your daughter play drums? Like, we need a drummer for a little while because uh, our, our drummer's having foot surgery. And my dad, being my dad, all supportive, goes, yeah, she'll do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, great, Dad, thanks for committing me to something. And I don't <laughs> know, like, what is going on here. Yeah. But um, I just – I. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. And I went to a practice with them. and Like what kind of music was it? They do, it was a six, I made it a six-person band. So it was five people beforehand. Um, but it was, it was all covers. Um, but it was, we always, always joke that we take your favorite covers and make them unrecognizable. Because <laughs> um, we put our own spin on it. So it was a lot of like classic rock covers, but we would make them kind of funky, jazzy, bluesy, rock. And it was just a lot of fun playing with them. Cool. Was it like a, like a bar band? Yeah. And we had a monthly gig at this local bar. It was uh, First Thursdays. Actually, it was just a couple of days ago. They always send me the invites now, oh, even though I'm not there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the local bar, the Iron Horse in Ashland, Virginia. Yeah. Um, but that was our main gig, but we would do a couple festivals and wineries and breweries and stuff. But cool. it was more of a jam band, but they're all super wicked talented. Yeah. 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 And uh, was it like, was it nerve wracking to get back on kit? Mm-hmm. Actually, I was so nervous for that show that um, for two reasons. One, just to get back on kit. And two, one of the songs that they're like, oh, by the way, we do this song. You'll be fine. And I'm like, I don't think you realize that that's like one of the most treasured drum grooves in drum <laughs> history. And now I have to go learn that in like three days. Really? Do you remember yeah. what it was? 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. Oh, The yeah. Paul Simon song. Steve Gadd was the drummer on that. And it's it's a crazy he does all these crazy syncopated uh, like linear rhythms so each limb is doing something completely different and it's never makes sense to other drums the guy's a genius <laughs> but uh, oh, I'll have yeah. to go back and listen to that oh it's a cool groove it's oh, a really nice. cool groove but i was like i'm going to learn it mm-hmm. but yeah i was so nervous before that first show that uh Right before it started, the singer, Felix, he took me up to the bar, and he just hands me a shot of tequila and a lime, and we're like, okay, we're going. <laughs> and we just went on stage and had fun. So, nice. Yeah. Nice. And were those, like, pretty long shows then? Usually three, three and a half hours. But we would take yeah. breaks. Sure. But we would turn a three-minute song into an eight-minute jam. Mm-hmm. So it sometimes it was pretty tiring. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a band that would have like a good crowd. Mm-hmm. Like you get you get some people dancing and stuff. Oh yeah, we it's that it's like the big night out for the town. Mm-hmm. Ashland to explain my town is like a little small Mayberry. Mm-hmm. So, but we have trains. So Mayberry with trains going straight through town. <laughs> but uh, everybody's welcome. Everybody's friendly. But the whole town would come out and pack the bar, and it would be a good time. Nice. So. 
Yeah. So was that like the like the first like bands band that you mm-hmm. played with out live? Like actual band, yeah. Wow, cool. I was probably like 23, 22, mm-hmm. 23, yeah. Was everyone in the band older? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they would always give me a hard time. Um, I think I was, yeah, I was the youngest by at least 10 years. Wow, yeah. yeah. But I bet I like you learned a lot. Though. I learned so much from them. Yeah. I still do. Sure. Yeah. And you're still in contact with I'm them? I'm still in contact with them, yeah. Very I'm cool. I'm going home in a couple months, and we're, I'm hoping to time it so I can jump on stage with them for a few minutes that night. Mm, so Nice. Yeah. What, was the, what was the name of that band? The Tender. I like it. It's named after the train car. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Because <laughs> everything in the town is named after trains. So. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. And so were you, uh, when you were in Virginia, were you playing with any other bands or anything? For a while, no. Um, it was just them, and then I started teaching uh, just privately, just a couple of students, and then a buddy of mine um, that I went to high school with, he was actually a saxophonist in the marching band, mm-hmm. uh, he, sh- he just was at one of our gigs, and he comes up to me, he's like, hey, I really want to play music, what, do you want to be in a band? I was like, sure, thinking he's going to play saxophone. Mm. <laughs> He shows up with a ukulele and starts singing, and I'm like, holy shit, this kid is good. How did I not know this? Wow. So we did a little duo um, up until I left home, Um, and it was, he would play an electric ukulele Hmm. and sing, and I would do cajon and percussion, and sometimes one of us would pick up a guitar instead, and it it was so much fun playing with him. I miss him. Cool. Uh, You play guitar as well, then? Yeah. Cool. play piano, guitar, drums, percussion, and I'm teaching myself bass. Nice. Hopefully that goes well. Yeah, yeah. Bass, I mean, I think it's, if you have experience with drums and guitar, I mean, it's basically it's basically what it is. Combining combined. The, the notes and the rhythm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You got it. I'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you sing? Hell no. <laughs> um, I apparently, I've been told that I naturally try to go for a harmony, so that's a good thing. I just don't know, like if it's a note you want to listen to yet. <laughs> so it's like, I can harmonize it, but I don't know if you want to listen to it. But uh, I've been exploring the idea, talking to a few people around here that are great vocalists about, hey, maybe can you teach me how to harmonize and we'll see if we can't get me there? Because I'd like yeah. to be able to do that. But There's a lot of really good singers here. Oh my gosh. They're, <laughs> yeah. San Diego's talented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super talented. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So who are you playing with, with now? It sounds like you're doing a few different projects and things in San Diego. Yeah. Um, the big band that I'm playing with the most uh, is the artist is Becca J um, and she has done a lot of solo stuff up until recently and in January she started putting together the band and uh, so it's very Lake Street divey feel if you if you know that Mm, band Um, I've heard of them yeah so it's like very funky jazzy soulful rock pop I don't even know if I'm describing (laughs) it right but she writes some crazy amazing songs with lots of bluesy chords and stuff so I've been playing with them uh we've done everything from like hard rock to house of blues and we just did the rock and roll marathon oh you did how was that long (laughs) so (laughs) musicians are not made to get up at 4 a.m oh yeah and then there was the crazy thing with the active shooter yeah right that was so we were at mile eight so we were up in uh normal heights where we were, where our stage was, but my mom, my parents are in town this week, and my mom is running the race. So, mm-hmm. when we were packing up, leaving the stage, you know, she texted me to let me know that something was going on, but she was okay, and because she was still down by the finish line, and I was like, "What is happening?" Mm-hmm. So, luckily, no. It sounds like nobody, except for unfortunately one officer, got hurt. But it sounds yeah. like for the most part, everybody responded pretty well, and they got it under control pretty quick, and people finished the race. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was just it was just a crazy thing. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, you had flashbacks to Boston a little bit though. Oh sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but what what was it like to to play that? It was fun. Um, I'd done I'd played with a couple bands back home for some races and half marathons. So a lot of it's just about being energetic and cheering them on. Um, so you you pick like ten songs and you just loop them mm. because by the time you get back, yeah, it's, it's a true. new crowd. It's a new crowd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I used to try to keep it upbeat and motivate them, and it's always super inspiring. Um, <coughs> excuse me. It's cool to actually, like, have that front row seat to watch all the people that sometimes it's, like, their first race, or you can tell that they've it's the first time they've ever done anything and they're trying really hard or whatever it is. But 
it's definitely tiring. We had a little bit of a sound issue. Mm. <laughs> so we played for about four hours, and for the first hour or so, it was all drums. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I felt bad for the sound guy. You could tell it wasn't his fault. Like, he, something was just going wrong, and we just couldn't figure out what it was. But it was just basically an hour-long drum solo. Wow. And the bass player tried <laughs> to come in, but his amp, you know, can only project so far. Right. When the sound's not working, so. Yeah, and yeah. you sit, obviously, outside. Yeah. Around. So did you have, like, a, a full stage? stage and everything, yes. yeah. So it was really cool. Hmm. And once we got going, it was great. Yeah, But I was sure. already tired by then. That four hours. <laughs> that's, did yeah. you take breaks? We did, um, and we, not really, actually. We kind of just, like, <laughs> let each other take a break while okay. the rest of them jammed. Sure. Um, and there was a couple moments where I was like, I'm not going to come in until the second verse. I'm going to just give my arms a second. You guys yeah. have fun on the first verse and chorus. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And do you know, like, was it that coordinated with this, the, the city? Or how yeah, did that well, gig come together? I forget exactly how it was, but I think it was because my when my parents were visiting, my mom was like, ooh, there's a race. She likes to run, so she's like, I'm going to run the race that weekend. And I was just looking it up. I was like, well, they're, they're looking for bands. So I let I texted Becca. I was like, hey, you know, if you want to do it, I'm in. And she reached out to them, and they were me like, yeah, we, we want, like, an actual band at that hmm. stage, not just, like, a solo artist or something. So yeah. it fell together really quick. But oh, cool. It was definitely an early, early morning. Yeah. That's a little rough. Especially because we had played a gig the night before. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Where was your gig the night before? Up in PB. Okay. It was a house show uh, on a kind of a rooftop garden situation, so it had a really cool view, and but that was more acoustic and low-key. So. Where were you playing, like, hand drums? I was or? doing cajon, yeah. Cajon. Yeah. That cajon is so cool. Isn't it? I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Obviously, I love having a full drum kit, but there are so many things you can do with a cajon, too, that people yeah. don't realize. It's very portable, it too. It is. I don't it's know nice. how drummers deal with all this gear. <laughs> I still have my hardware in my car from my show earlier oh, really? today. I, I, I unloaded the drums to get them out of the heat, but the hardware, I'm like, I'll get it later. Mm. I don't want to deal with it right now. I guess you just get used to it, huh? First one there, last one to leave. Yeah, yeah. The most crap. Sure. I, whenever I play with the drummer, I always try to help. <laughs> we appreciate you. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so how did you, how did you get hooked up with Becca? Um, ironically through rock camp, um, the lady, the rock and roll camp for girls that, um, mm-hmm. you and I met through. Yes. Um, so a lot of my friends that I made through there are friends with her. There, a lot of them are music therapists. She's a music mm-hmm. therapist. So we all, we kind of ended up in the same friend group. So when I moved out here, um, she was just like, I had, I told her, I was like, if you ever want drums on anything, let me know. Cause I had heard. Uh, some voice memos that she had let me listen to of some of her songs, and I really liked them. So, you know, a few weeks later, she's like, yeah, um, well, I'm going to put together a band. Will you play drums? I was like, yes. Cool. So this is a new band. Very band. new, yeah. Oh, cool. We're still piecing it all together. Yeah. But and you're uh, playing a lot of, like, pretty high-profile shows for a new band. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> It's awesome. kind of crazy. <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to run with it. We're actually trying to record. Uh, I think she's, hopefully she doesn't get mad at me for saying this. Mm-hmm. She's hoping to record this year with a release and see what happens so very cool little little album or demo or something Mm -hmm. yeah and so how how did you originally get involved with girls rock weirdly enough so one of the um teaching things that I did back home in Virginia uh was a program um through a performing arts school uh that combined kids that have special needs with kids that are typically developed and they used music dance art all sorts of things to you know give these kids an outlet, a creative outlet to learn and socialize and learn how to be leaders. And at the end of every year, they put together this huge performance at the big theater um, in Richmond. And um, artists come in, like Jason Mraz is very involved with it. Um, uh, let's see, we've had Sarah Bareilles there, uh, Katie Lang, stuff like that. Um, artists come in and they, they play songs with the kids and, and interact with the kids on stage and the kids have prepared this piece to do to that song and it's just a really cool thing and the uh, one of the people involved with it is Melissa Grove who is one of the founders mm-hmm. and head honchos of mm-hmm. Girls Rock um, San Diego so the first time the first year that I did that um, she had messaged me afterwards like we were just kind of hanging out afterwards and she had messaged me she goes hey I'm doing this rock camp thing in San Diego like 
And I would love to have another drum instructor. Any chance you want to fly to mm-hmm. California in a couple weeks? <laughs> I was like, oh, darn, let me clear my schedule. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of how it all started. And I just, yeah, I just kind of committed to it, not really knowing what I was getting into. But she seemed like a trustworthy person mm-hmm. who had a great idea that I wanted to see in person. And um, flew out here, and it was crazy. It was awesome. It was yeah. amazing. Was that the first time that you'd been to San Diego? Uh, yeah, that, that's the first time I've been to California. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love how you just you just had a good feeling and you just went for it. I, well, I mean, she's, she, she argues a good argument on why you should do something. Yes. <laughs> no, Mel is just such a positive force of energy. That Amazing just, human. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And when she goes, hey, I have an idea, you just go, okay, mm-hmm. I'm in. Like, that's kind of just how it is, and yep. you know it's going to pay out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Very cool. Yeah. yeah. And then so that was when, were you part of the very first camp? Then? The first camp, yeah. So that one was held up in Encinitas. Was that at 2015, 16? Let's see, what year is it? It's 2018. Is this the third 17. year, right? That was so, 2016. Yes, there we go. Yeah, I have to do math. <laughs> that was 2016. And then I wasn't back in California until the next summer, so 2017. But, uh. When I was first out here, I looked at Mel and I was like, I'm going to move here. And she went, I think it's going to happen, friend. <laughs> and I was like, yep, that's what's going to happen. So nice. the next year, I kind of just scoped everything out and got to meet more people and get even more involved with you know female musicians in San Diego mm-hmm. and getting to just be inspired by them. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I just kind of put the ball rolling and was like, screw it. I'm just going to take a chance and move out there. Right. So. Yeah. That's the power of rock camp. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it is, like, how many people I've heard, like, like they move across the country, they quit their jobs. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's transformative. It's you know? crazy. Yeah. What was, what, so what was the first camp? So that was your first experience with any of the any rock, of rock camps. camps. Any yeah, of the yeah. girls' rock camps. So mm-hmm. what, what was that experience like for you? It was so much happening in such a short period of time, but it was all amazing. Like, I... Yeah, there was a lot of, the first year, there was a lot of working out the kinks, figuring out what worked, um, and, you know, the whole camp was like that, but everybody was amazing with their effort, uh, with the motivation, with just the good attitudes, and the whole thing, we're, the whole idea that we're all just here to rock out mm-hmm. and help these kids and let them have an amazing experience, and it was all about empowering not just the kids, but the other women there, and... Um, yeah, it was crazy stressful, but it was freaking awesome. And right? it, was, it was over like that. Like, yeah. It, it was crazy. Wow. Were you but, the, was there another drum instructor or was it just Yeah, you? there were two of us. Okay. Um, and her name's AC, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah cool. But uh, so she's a wicked awesome drummer as well. Um, there's some things that she can do that I just stare at her like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so it was just fun to like meet her and like jam with her during our downtime. Um but, uh, and then the second year, uh, we had another, a third drummer join, which is great because we could kind of, you know, divide and conquer and mm-hmm. different teaching styles that worked for different kids and stuff. Sure. Um, that was Yasmin? Yasmin, yeah, yeah who is now on the board. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So I'm hoping, I don't know, I don't know, I haven't gotten confirmation if both of them are going to be back this year, but I'm hoping at least one of them is because they're both awesome folk, awesome people and great drummers. And the three of us have like different styles of drumming, so it was really mm-hmm. cool to kind of just see all the different variety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. As for ladies camp, it yeah. was just you. It was just me. <laughs> ladies camp was awesome. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was all by my lonesome. And there were a couple moments where I was like, oh, God, what am I going to do next? Like, they just learned that really fast. Uh, <laughs> with the kids, I spent a whole afternoon on that. <laughs> but it was so cool. It yeah. was so cool. The ladies are so inspiring. I know. Like, I don't know about you, but I feel like I... I learn so much from mm-hmm. teaching. Yeah. Yeah. It's, totally. It's like you have to like brush up on everything and like you have to learn it first yourself before you can teach it. Exactly. <laughs> you realize what you don't know where the gaps are. And then they ask a question and you're like, crap, crap. Uh, <laughs> let me pull that out of my back pocket and <laughs> brush the rust off of that. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the thing about rock camp, though. It's, mm-hmm. like, as much about empowering the campers and the, you know, the women or the girls right. as it is the instructors. Exactly. You know? Like, I walked away going, I feel empowered. And mm-hmm. I, it wasn't necessarily about me. It was about them. But the things that we get out of it, too, are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Plus, really I get cool. to jam with a bunch of female musicians all week. Yeah, or all exactly. weekend for ladies camp. Yeah. So, <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. yeah. So, who else have you uh, worked with through that you've met through uh, Girl uh, Rock Camp? Oh, um, actually, Dixie Maxwell. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, right. yeah. 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 Um, so, I've played more acoustic style stuff with her. Um, we've done like Lestats and things like that. Um, but she's just got an amazing, amazing voice. It's, mm-hmm. it's so unique. Mm-hmm. And I love her songwriting style. And um, so, yeah, I've just kind of joined her on a few shows doing some acoustic stuff, mostly on Cajon. Cajon, sure. is, Cajon is becoming, like, my second thing. <laughs> um, I'll take it. But uh, she actually just recorded another song and asked if uh, I would play drum kit on it. And I jumped at that because, obviously, I want to be part of something that she does. Mm-hmm. And that was fun, too, because as well as with, like, Becca and the other people that I play with, um, she, Dixie, just encouraged me to be creative with it. Like, the beauty of it is they're very trusting with their song, which is their baby. Yeah. Um, but they've been very trusting. It's like, I trust what you come up with and what your instincts tell you to do on drums. And it's really nice because I still want to be respectful and I'm always like, does, does this sound like what you wanted mm-hmm. for your song? Do you want something different? I won't be offended. It's your song. <laughs> but the fact that they've, all of them, all these ladies have helped let me just create and have fun, you know. Sure. It's been awesome. And it was a great recording experience, too. Yeah, so. very cool. So yeah. I think this is a good time to oh, yeah. take a little break. And yeah. we're going to listen to that track that you recorded with Dixie. This one's called Stir Crazy. beautiful track it is it's I like how it like just builds the whole time but it's still very subtle her voice kind of provides that calming yeah she definitely has 
has a calming, yeah. really beautiful and pure voice. Yeah. yeah. So, like, what was it kind of tricky to make the transition from, you know, either playing, playing theater or cover songs to, like, playing original music on drums? Yes and no. Um, it's It's different as a musician playing for an artist because I'm still not writing the song, so I don't have that factor going into it. But it's still when you're, it's still a responsibility to make sure when you are creating something that you're creating something that's true to the song and what the artist wants. And sometimes it's a little frustrating because you don't know if you're coming up with something good or, mm-hmm. or they like or they're so complimentary and they're like, no, that sounded good. And in your mind, you're critiquing yourself because you mm-hmm. want it to be perfect. But sure. um, I'll use that song as an example. Like I, I was transitioning from only ever playing it on Cajon before to playing it on kit, which doesn't sound like too hard of a transition, but sometimes it's like, well, how am I going to incorporate this or what should I do with that transition or that bridge? And so I just kind of approached that song with, I'm going to leave out the cymbals. Hmm. I'm not going to touch cymbals at first. I'm going to just play it with the toms and the snare and see what I come up with. And then I'll add in the cymbals as accents or highlights for what was going on with the other instruments. And it actually ended up working out really well. So it's, I don't know if that answers your question, but. No, totally, (laughs) it does. Yeah, I feel like drums have so much power in the band to kind of direct the overall feel of the song. They do. (laughs) Yeah. Which is also sometimes a bad thing. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Like I have to think like, especially like coming from the background of, you know, playing with this like bar bands playing mm-hmm. for three hours it's like you can really direct the energy of the oh, whole yeah. room yeah <laughs> and sometimes I would do that I'd just be like and we're gonna drop the dynamics here we're gonna break it down mm-hmm. or like they would all get three minute guitar solos so mm-hmm. I'd pick a song that night and I'd just start playing a drum solo be like no this is mine <laughs> this is my moment <laughs> but it's it's a completely different transition from doing cover songs which yeah we still made them our own but mm-hmm. and I just got to play around with them but to doing someone's original song there's not only is it just the creative process but it's also you want to do it justice for them sure so yeah so do you have like a particular style that you tend to go for like you more of like a rock drummer or I like funk yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm huge on adding like funk and jazzy grooves or undertones to what I'm doing Um, lately I've been starting to add in a little bit of latin because I noticed that that was an area where that I hadn't focused on a lot and I hadn't needed except for in theater when it called for it. Um, and then it was written out for me or I could get away with, Oh, just a basic bossa nova beat, you know? Mm. Um, so I kind of took that upon myself to start learning more Latin. And I've noticed that I'm kind of incorporating some cool jazzy Latin grooves in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of my area that I like, but also it's just fun sometimes just to rock out and go crazy. Sure. (laughs) So when you want to incorporate new styles, like how, how do you do that? Like, do you just listen to it or like, do you study it? How does that, how does that look? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of, for me, it's a lot of listening and then breaking it down and figuring out, like I'm that dork that'll sit there with sheet music and Mm. try to notate out what I'm listening to. And sometimes I get it right. Sometimes I don't. (laughs) But, um, but also, I uh, went back to school online, actually, through Berkeley uh, School of Music. So it's a great resource. Sometimes I can just pull up an old class and be like, I remember one time we covered some samba grooves in that class, and let me look mm-hmm. that up, and there's a lot of stuff there that I pull from. And I've noticed that I've just kind of just unconsciously been applying a lot of what I'm doing there to what I'm playing. Oh, so that's sure. good. It's paying off. Yeah, yeah, cool. So what is that a particular program through Berkeley? At first, I did uh, their drumming certificate program. Oh, cool. Um, and you can do that online? Online, yeah. That's awesome. I just recorded myself playing, but you had to video record yourself as well so they could mm-hmm. actually see it was you playing it, um, which was the benefit of having an electronic drum kit as one of my kits because I could just plug it right oh, in. You have an e-kit. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it was so helpful. <laughs> um, so I could just literally just plug it right in, and then I would just like video on my iPhone or something, and all I had to do was sync up the video and the audio so it worked out Mm. um but yeah so you send them the video assignments and they they critique it and send it back and wow yeah that sounds really incredibly helpful it was so helpful yeah and I mean the classes that I'm taking are awesome Mm -hmm. so like what other like classes are you taking now I just 
in right now, what am I? Oh gosh, well, it's what am summer I now. I don't know if it's. Does it go through the summer? Semester's finishing up right now. Um, this, it's kind of like a music fundamentals class. So it kind of just breaks down like basic theory, uh, ear training, things like that. And then I'm also doing a music business class. Cool. Which. It's a little bit more from a producer standpoint, sure. but yeah. it's good to know that information or at least have a... Yeah, because I think I feel like as a musician now, you kind of have to know everything. Yeah. Yeah. You have, you have to be your own marketer, mm-hmm. your own lawyer, your own... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So... Yeah. Especially because people have at-home studios now, so mm-hmm. there's amazing things that you can do in an at-home studio. Sure, sure. So having I did a music production 101 just to like kind of give myself a little insight into that and there's a lot that I don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> so. like what like what kind of stuff uh like just, I don't know what, what goes into production exactly. right uh yeah. I mean it was the basics like mm-hmm. uh the program that class used was reason um so it's just the basics of how to use the program how to record different types of instruments whether it be actual acoustic instruments or electronic um inputs uh, see I don't even know the right words sure no, I'm, <laughs> I'm following though yeah yeah have you done any any of your own like recording using reason or any kind of DAW it's mostly just been playing around with drum stuff sure. um and then just seeing what I can come up with uh silly silly things nothing nothing professional or, sure. <laughs> or worth sharing with anybody <laughs> but uh, it has me at least to the point where I'm like okay I kind of at least have an intro understanding of what might be going on while yeah. we're recording. Yeah. yeah. And so when you recorded with, uh, with Becca's bands or with, at least with, I mean, with Dixie's band, mm-hmm. um, where did you record that? Oh my gosh. I feel like a terrible human. Um, <laughs> I don't remember San his name. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was up North towards, uh, I know she's in North County. Yeah. Right? She's in North County. It was like, it was, it was like just North of PB. I think I don't remember the guy's name and I feel like terrible terrible human for that um, <laughs> but okay. he was super nice and he yeah. played guitar on it as well he had oh. an at-home studio actually and um it was very well set up and it sounds great it sounds amazing um it was just a fun little afternoon like just a couple hours and oh cool you're able to do it in one yeah, afternoon yeah nice. I think she went back and did more vocals and like added harmonies and stuff but uh it was just the the four instruments and sure. yeah did you re- all record it together or was we did live yeah oh, you did cool yeah. So that was also fun trying to spend the first couple minutes be like, hey, what did you come up with? Let's mm-hmm. let's figure this out and mm-hmm. what direction we want to go. And we actually added in an instrumental bridge right there. We're like, we feel like we need to extend this part, so let's mm-hmm. just add this in. So it was cool trying to – Yeah. You just met each other and you're trying to feed, like figure out how you want to do it. So, uh, sure, yeah. yeah. Now, I always – like I feel like I like recordings better when the drummer is playing live with the rest of the bands. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, cause some, I've, in other bands that I've played in, we've done it separately and it's, it's missing some of the energy, I think. I think so. Cause, uh, a past recording experience, um, <clears throat> there were so many of us that we probably couldn't have all recorded live <laughs> in the studio that we were in. But, uh, what we did is I pre-recorded the drum parts and we just had the acoustic guitar and singer just jam with me. So I had that to feed off of. Because um, otherwise it feels very monotone if you're, because a lot of it is you're feeding off of what the other instruments are doing or sure. taking cues yeah. from them. Um, and then the other instruments and all the vocals got to go in after and add all their stuff, which it sounded great, but they got to you know go back and edit and be like, oh, now that we've heard it back, let's change this or change that. And mm-hmm. part of me was sitting there like, can I go back and change that? <laughs> or I've heard something cool and I want to go add this. Right. But the drums are already done. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's a different experience. Yeah. yeah. Whereas live, we're like, oh, let's just do it again and try this. So. Right. Yeah. No. Do you have, like, I feel like a lot of musicians I talk to have a preference for either playing live or recording or writing music. Like, is there one thing that that is more exciting to you? Oh, man. I guess playing live, but I do love recording. Mm. Um, honestly... If you put me in, like, an orchestra pit for the rest of my life, I'll be mm, happy like, yeah. for theater or whatever. But um, So I guess that constitutes live. Oh, sure. Um, but I love recording as well. I think like, it's very different, and you're helping, in my opinion, I'm contributing to something, and I'm helping somebody achieve their goal. Um, and it's a challenge to me, and to, I would love to 
keep being able to take on those challenges and learn new things and be able to adapt to new styles because if you do a lot of recording, you're actually going to, for different artists, you're doing a lot of different styles. And sure. as a musician, I like that. Yeah, and it's kind of cool to have, like, a physical product mm-hmm. at the end of it. Exactly. Yeah. Because then people are like, hey, what have you done? I'm like, well, there's a lot of cell phone videos of me <laughs> at that bar. <laughs> sure. <Yeah. laughs> it is cool to have that finished product to be like, hey, actually, I played for this artist. Go mm-hmm. support them, mm-hmm. and you can listen to me, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's a little bit of all of that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you hoping to, like, like you said you want to get into theater. Mm-hmm. Like, are you like also hoping to play with other artists, with other bands. Yeah. Are you one of those drummers that just like wants to play everything? (laughs) (laughs) Musician for hire right now. Yeah, like I want to be that person. Obviously, there are certain projects that you're going to put more of a priority into. So like if you're playing for multiple artists and that particular project's like, well, we need you that night, you got to prioritize and figure out which one that's going to be. But if I can have multiple situations where yeah the dream is to make a living doing it mm-hmm. but if I can have multiple situations where it's with that band or with that artist like as they need a drummer they they'll hire me to do it or they'll ask me to do it hopefully hire um <laughs> I'm in yeah um if it's if it's the right situation and the right artist I'm in all the time and I'll make it happen yeah that's kind of my philosophy cool and like do you have like a particular kind of genre that you want to play with or are you um, open to anything? I'm pretty open. I like, one reason I really like playing with the Becca J Band is because that style is very much what I like to do. I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to be creative and try out all these cool different grooves and fills and um, time signatures and mm. it's, I'm allowed to be funky. I'm allowed mm-hmm. to put in some syncopation, put in some linear grooves and instead of the band looking at me and going, just play a beat. <laughs> they look at me and they're like, yeah, that was cool. And then we feed off of it, you know? Sure. So I like that. Yeah. But if like, if like a hardcore metal band wants you to play with them, you get like a double kick drum. <laughs> I actually, that's one thing I've never done. I've never tried to play a double bass. Mm. I've just never had to. Yeah. Um, I've gotten pretty quick with my foot. So, mm-hmm. so far I haven't had the need, but I'm sure if like a heavy metal band wanted to hire me, one, I'd probably, I'd be like, one, I'll do it. But two, there's probably a metal drummer out there that's probably better suited <laughs> for you. Sure. Not that I don't want to do it and not that I don't yeah. love metal, but I just don't play it. So sure, there are times where I'll be like, well, I'll do it. But Yeah. Maybe it's just that I don't see a lot of female metal right. drummers. Yeah. And so I'm pushing for it. <laughs> I think the closest thing, the closest one I can think of is, oh God, what's that band? Ah. It's like a Christian metal band. Oh. I'm um, not from, too familiar with the bands shoot. in that genre. Me neither, but, but uh, she, they played at a festival that I worked, and they were super nice, and their songs were really, really, really good. Her name is, like, Jennifer or something. Oh, gosh, this is going to bother me until I think of the name of this band. But they're actually a really good band, and um, she's probably the closest thing I think of. I don't know if you could call it heavy metal, but mm. definitely heavy rock. Okay, yeah. But, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And so are you still teaching now? A little bit. Um, I haven't really done much teaching since I've come out here besides rock camp related things. Mm -hmm. Um, I did a little bit at a local music store, but um, the scheduling just didn't work out. Okay. Um, But I would love to find a space to be able to teach out of here. Sure. And start progressing in that department as well, because I do enjoy it. Yeah. I do. It's very, it's very rewarding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. And that's unfortunately sometimes where the money is. So. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> yeah. But it's also like where you can meet other musicians too. Very true. Yeah. Very true. And uh, so do you have any shows coming up? Let's see. Uh, I just played one today. <laughs> and that was probably the last show that I've committed to uh, for the month of June. Okay. What is it? The ninth? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have a few uh, Becca... The Becca J Band has a few shows coming up in July, um, but I think the main focus with that one is recording. So we're kind of, sure. with all the artists, uh, like I know Dixie's doing some writing right now. She's mm-hmm. trying to come up with some new material. Is, is Dixie in the Becca J Band? No. Oh, okay. But I'm just, I'm going off on tangents. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just trying yeah. to be clear. Who else is in the Becca J Band? Uh, Emma Bird. Oh, Emma, that's uh, right. Yeah, I so knew she, I knew someone yeah, else in yeah, the band. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so she plays keys and does harmonies. Um, we have a bass player, uh, 
we have a new bass player, actually, because the old bass player um, also plays saxophone, so he's going to kind of transition more to saxophone. Um, And also his other band is awesome, so in case there's a conflict, that way he doesn't feel like he has a conflict. Um, And then uh, Michaela Blue, I always say her last name wrong. Um, (laughs) She does vocals, and I feel like Becca's going to bring in probably some other instruments for the recording, maybe, to, you know complement the saxophone nice but um yeah very cool and uh does she have a website like where can you find she that does it is literally everything that she does facebook mm-hmm. uh instagram all of it it's all becca j music and there's a website so if you type that into google you'll find it um awesome. i think there's a clip of us playing at hard rock on there oh, so cool. there's access to me playing the drums yes <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good video actually yeah. <laughs> i just i'm not smart enough to convert it to mp3 so that's okay. I'll get there. <laughs> Just take some time. It's doable, though. <laughs> I'm sure Google will tell me how. Yes, absolutely. Cool. Well, thanks, Paige, for coming in the studio. Thanks for having me. Fun. This was fun. Yeah, cool. I'm excited. So thanks again for listening to the Sunshine Sound podcast. We have older episodes at sunshinesoundcenter.org. And you can also go on there to find out some more information about what we do at Sunshine Sound Center. And we're now featuring a lot of cool new artists in our experimental music collectives. Definitely check that out. We're also on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, so we have a lot of cool updates on there. We're also going to keep you informed about what all of the artists who come on this podcast are up to. So we're really just trying to keep everyone involved in the music scene and uh, and let you know what's going on in this beautiful city. So one more thank you to uh, Tommy Bobcat for helping out with the audio engineering. And that's all I have for you today, but I'll talk to you again soon. Have a good one. <laughs>